and I feel God in this place tonight. Would you just do one more thing? Lift your hands towards heaven. Close your eyes. And if you have a heavenly language, would you just release it in the building tonight? Just take a, a few moments and just open up your mouth and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to do it like Jude 20 says, out loud, building your faith. Come on, just lift up your voice right now. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, somebody besides you speaking the language, if you'll ask God, and if you're hungry for it, it's going to get on you as well. Come on, let's do that. Just for a few more seconds. I want you to warm up this atmosphere for God to do something incredible. your voices lifted. We're not in an ordinary service tonight. Please don't expect ordinary tonight. Just keep that right there. Just, just like a pad. Just fill this room right here. Worship your name. Worship your name, Lord. You are worthy of our worship, yes, you are. Worthy of our praise. There is none like you, Lord. Just keep that elevated. Just keep that elevated. Just keep it right there. The Holy Spirit's working through you. Just keep it elevated right there. Lord, we give you praise. There it is right there. Just, just, just flow in the Holy Ghost right there. I feel that right there. Yeah, just keep doing it. Just don't have to be real complex. Just keep it right there and just lift it. If you're in the building tonight and you're expecting God to touch you in a mighty way and change your life, I ask that you would lift your hands. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands. And I want you just to call out to God like you've never called out to him before. I'm getting ready to release a prophetic word over you, over this region, and over this nation. And I need you to go in after God. I already feel that this is a very strong prophetic church. So if you have a prophetic gift right now, just begin to speak to the atmosphere. We're going to take and tackle some stuff right now in the next three minutes. Come on, I want you just to lift up your voice. Magnify the Lord with me. 
is that most people would think, man, there's so many distractions going on. But I heard the Lord say, actually, it's the exact opposite. Tonight, I'm removing distractions. What we have called enhancement, God has called distraction. And I just hear the Spirit of the Lord say, you are unique. You are called. Is this okay if I prophesy to you right off the top? There's a prophetic gift in you that's going to shake this region. And I would even say, and please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but I know that all of us are called to see a house full of people that just got saved. It's almost like God is sending you people that have a gift that needs to be unlocked. And while others are looking to get people saved and in the door, God says, I'm going to send people that are already saved but don't know how to release their gift. And you are unapologetically powerfully and wonderfully made and the spirit of God that is in you is about to be multiplied time and time again the spirit that is on you God says I've had to release people even in leadership that would not carry your spirit so that I could make room for the people I'm bringing in that will carry your spirit. For the spirit of the Lord is unique in you and you are not apologetic. You are raw, radical, and unmanipulated by church system. And what the church is trying to make other houses do, God says you do not. For the Lord is raising up a new thing for you, a new thing through you, and tonight a new thing to you. God says, I'm kicking the crutches out from underneath you on purpose. I almost feel like we're in the cave of a dulem right now. And I don't know what this means, 
but I see giant slayers that don't look like giant slayers right now, but they're in your church, Pastor, and they're just looking to know what you would do in a situation. God says you're training up warriors in this house. This is a prophetic, no doubt about it. This is not your get saved and go out and hang out. This is a very prophetic church. And God would even say to me to tell you, tell him, do not discount the word that I give you on a regular basis. God says, I'll feed you and I will put you and I will cause ravens to sustain you even in the midst of this pandemic. And God says, the words I give to you will be words that will bring out of people gifts and callings. Other churches will preach one thing, but you will not be able to preach that, says the Lord. You will preach the powerful, dynamic, and prophetic word for this region. For I have called you to this region. I have called you to this region. And there are principalities in this region that are waiting to be released in a good measure because of the gift that's on the inside of you. Tonight, a prophetic gift shifts inside of you. Tonight, your words will never fall to the ground. Tonight, your words will accomplish. And tonight, the fire that you feel on the inside of you, God says, I am wrapping people around you that will be able to amplify, exemplify the same fire that's on the inside of you. Make no excuses for what's on the inside of you. Make no excuses for the church you raise up in this next generation, in this next time. For the next five years, a prophetic movement will come out of you. In the next five years, a prophetic movement will shake this region. God says, I'll shake the pillars even of courthouses. I will shake the pillars of of the mayor's house. And there will be favor undeniable given unto you because I will put you in places where prophets need to speak. And after tonight, there will be a shift of power. There will be a shift and a transition of power over you, Pastor. God says, I have removed and will continue to remove because the people I'm bringing to you have to carry your spirit. And you've been preaching about this, singing about Ezekiel. And I'm going to tell you what I heard the Lord say. I said it in San Diego. San Diego and right now that when he brought him to the valley of dry bones he said prophesy everybody can prophesy to life it takes somebody like you to be surrounded with dead stuff and still can open up your mouth and prophesy The Lord said, you don't need from this moment forward any atmosphere. God says, your atmosphere is in your belly. And when you open up your mouth, things will change. You won't, just like you a minute ago said, take the drums off. Can you do it without a microphone? Can you do it without a band? God says, I have called you to be able to speak to dead things when they're not looking when they're not speaking back, when they're not jumping up and down, you're still able to speak and declare that they will live again. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, prophesy. 
prophesied to the bones. They stood up like an army, but he didn't see the fullness. And God said, prophesy again. But this time, don't prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to the wind. God is elevating you because you're at this moment going to stop prophesying to people and you're going to start prophesying to the atmosphere of this region. God is elevating you. You call this Elevate Conference and the Lord says you've been elevating everybody else for the last few conferences. But this night, God is elevating you. God has frustrated you. This isn't the devil. This is God. God has frustrated you because you're in transition and you know way too much to go back but you don't know enough to go forward. But God says, I'm going to give you the strength to walk through the open door that I have set before you and principalities and powers of darkness are going to have to bow at the name of Jesus because God says, I know your name and you're about to walk in a different level. God's given you a second wind to prophesy again. God says, you can prophesy to dead people you could prophesy to dead things. This time, I'm going to send you to prophesy to the atmospheres. Your mouth is going to open and shift atmospheres. You're radical. Can I pray over you? Father, I just asked that there would be... What is, what's your wife's name? Sandy. Yes. I'm sorry. Pastor Delana, come lay hands on her if you don't mind. Bishop, you're his covering, right? You and your wife, please. Jesus. Father, impregnate them out of their bellies. If you love your pastors, stretch your hands right now and declare a second wind. I speak it over him. God, what you have in me, I put in him. What you have in my wife, we put in her. God, take the burden off. I rebuke every man-made burden and let the Holy Spirit place a burden in him. God, we are sent right now. We speak life. We declare a prophetic voice. We declare a prophetic voice that's going to shake the region, shake this house. In the name of Jesus, God, make him the way you fit him and fashion him. And we speak over him that from this moment forward, he will not wrestle with flesh, but he will wrestle with demonic powers and win. He's more than a conqueror. We declare it in the name of Jesus. We speak over his wife. God, I rebuke every sickness and I declare her healing to come forth. I speak over anxieties, I speak over fears, I speak over insecurities, and I declare the confidence of the Lord to rise up in her. We declare it in the name of Jesus. We declare a freedom to hit her. I pray and I declare over everything that tried to take her out as she grew up. Father, I declare the stuff that's in her mind, that is locked in her mind because of stuff that she's had to deal with even at a young age, at this moment, comes off of her. And I declare she walks into a new level of freedom. In the name of Jesus, we declare. Everybody shout hallelujah. And it is done. Now give God a great shout of praise. Hallelujah.
Jesus. Wow. Wow. Come on, get your hands up. Nobody lifts their hands up by themselves. Nobody shouts by themselves. Nobody dances by themselves. Nobody leaps by themselves. If you hear somebody shout, you got to shout as well because God loves unity. And how many know God wants a place where there's unity? So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I come to shout with you. So let's try this one time. I want everybody to put it in one, and I want you to light that thing up. Hit those cymbals as hard as you can. Hit that hard as you can. Play in one. And everybody in the room, on the count of three, give God a great shout of praise. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that was a shout for me. This next shout is for you. We're not just going to shout to get ours, but I'm going to shout to get yours as well. Now I want this shout to be twice as loud because you're shouting for the breakthrough of your brothers and sisters. One, two, three. Come on, make it loud. Make some noise, church. Hey! Hallelujah! Woo! Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Every word. I love you already, man. I don't know you like this, but I just know I love you. He is as raw and real. And if I was in a fight, I would want you right beside me. If I was in the trenches and I had somebody coming against me, I'd say, where's Larry? I want Larry right here to the left of me, flanking my side. You Do you realize what kind of pastor you've got in this house? He's going to war for you and fighting for you. How in the world would you sit down and say, oh, thank God. No, you, you need to honor this pastor right now. Stand on your feet and thank God you got somebody that will get in the devil's face on your behalf and tell him where he belongs. Woo. Amen. Shout hallelujah. I'm just, I'm just taking the temperature. Who, who really wants revival and who just just showing up because somebody told you to be here? Who, who really, 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 really wants God to change your life tonight? Who really wants to see a breakthrough? Wants to see walls fall down that's been in your life for the last nine months. For the last nine months, the devil has tried to keep you away from the church. For the last nine months, he's tried to keep you away from the gathering. But you're here tonight, and for the next three months, we're going to wreak havoc on the enemy's camp. I'm telling you, the church is rising up with power and authority, and I want to know if I'm in the right room. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. I got a word. I got a word. If you got a light. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ah, can't, all of these lights blew. You know why? Because I'm just telling you, God's kicking all the crutches. Man, 
I would not be surprised, but I'm not going to speak negative. But, you know, the stuff that God is doing right now is making every pastor in the world uncomfortable. And uh, I, I, I love comfort, but it's the only table God doesn't sit at. He don't sit at comfort table. He always moves, and when he moves, he makes us uncomfortable first. And when we're uncomfortable, we make decisions based on what is on the inside of us. It's called test. The test is, you know, how many know you have a test after every chapter, and then you have a test after it's called a, a midterm or a final exam. You can't get to the next um, next grade until you go through the, the final exam. The thing about the final exam is you can't cram for that. You've got to study for the last six months so good because there's going to be questions that you're going to receive on the final that was at the first day. So God sometimes will give you a test to see how you will respond in the midst of everything. And he'll, how many have ever had a pop test, pop quiz? Come on, y'all, y'all not that old, right? We've been in school. I've been 20. You remember pop quizzes, right? You show up thinking you're going to watch the little TV screen. A substitute teacher shows up, and all of a sudden they say a pop quiz. That means i got to know, do you know the material right on the spot? And God is making pastors, making ministers extremely uncomfortable because he wants to know, are you willing to go and ride with me, or do you want to ride with systems? And God is just what, what, what did work in the last 15 years is not going to work in the next five. So if you come to church, I haven't pulled a text yet, but is this is okay? Can these lights come up any higher? I'll get them all up. I mean, if you can, every light in the house, just light them up. I like looking at somebody. Full house, push them all up. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost right there. There's the Holy Ghost just hit. We got one over here? No? It's all right. He don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Amen. Um, But God is making all of us uncomfortable because I'm learning something about me. Even being, I'm 45 years old, got a call of God at 15 years old, but there's still stuff in me that I'm crutching on. Can I just be real tonight? There are things that all of us are having to say, God, please take that away from me because I'm allowing that to sacrifice for me. We, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We, we bring it. What are you bringing? Huh? I'm a pastor, so he, he knows that. And, and he said, I might cut you. So if I cut you a little bit, it's, it's, it's all right. Just bleed out. There's a transfusion on the way. Amen? But he's making us uncomfortable because we have learned to be entertained instead of enter in. You know why Jesus drove the money changers out? Because they were making a profit on raising sheep so you could just come and bring some money. And pay for somebody else raising the sacrifice. They were making a profit, but at the same time, you didn't have to go home and raise your sacrifice. Have a relationship with your sacrifice. 
and it be the best that you petted and made sure it was well taken care of. Went out every morning and took care of the sheep so that you could bring the sheep in and create a sacrifice and give it. And literally, the Bible says you would have to put your hand on the sacrifice as they slit the throat. We don't want to talk about the gruesome sacrifice, but we want everybody else to put the lights on, get the music going, get the B3, get the band, everything else, make it all pretty so I can come in and sit down on my padded chair and the lights be all pretty and, and everything go and, and be completely entertained so that I don't have to sacrifice. My sacrifice is my tithe. I'll show up. I'll sit down. I'll give a little. Matter of fact, it's not even the tithe because only 2% of America tithes. And you wonder why the pastors are always asking for money. What would happen if 100% of church membership actually tithed? 100%. You know what would happen? There would be no more famine in the world. Every missionary would be completely sustained because people tithe. We can't even get people to tithe. We can't even get them to tip. They only give literally 5% give 10% or less. All in this is statistically backed up. And God is saying, I'm done with that system. That system's not working anymore. Can I tell you, we have learned to have systematic church. You want to talk about a systematic racism? First of all, I hate it. But can I tell you, there's also systematic religion. And God is ridding his people of systematic religion. I'm going to come in, have my hour in 15, get my coffee, drink my Starbucks in the seat. I'm gonna, don't, don't, don't fuss at me. Don't talk to me. I don't want to sit too close to anybody else. I, that guy up there that's shouting, he's just too wild. I'm just going to go back. Back to my car. I just need somebody to make sure my kids are taken care of. Is the air conditioning just right? Is the growth track going to teach me certain things? Do I have to have any commitment? Because I don't want commitment because I'm finding out people are more interested than they are invested. And God is looking for people at this season that will be invested. God is shaking the tree. He's shaking the church. He's shaking. And the Bible says I'll shake to determine what can stand. And I want you to know tonight you're standing. You're here. You ought to give God some praise. I don't plan on leaving. I didn't fall in love with a light show. I didn't fall in love with music. I fell in love with Jesus. And when Jesus is the center of my life, I don't have to have lights. I don't have to have sound. I've got a relationship with him no matter what. You can't take him from me. Put me in jail. Put me in a box. But you can't take my praise. I love them too much. Is that all right? I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach this. <laughs> I love you, man. You know what you, I feel like, I'm, I feel like I'm a wrestler up here. Get on the ropes, man. I mean, I just like, you're in my corner. Man, I love it. There's crowds, circles, and corners. Crowds go up and down. Circles leave and come. Corners never leave. They're up at 5 a.m. training with you. And when you're on the, on, the, on the canvas, you look to the corner, not the crowd. So I'm so grateful that we have a kingdom connection. Y'all ready for the word of the Lord? I had some lights up here a minute ago. You can't do both, huh? Is this good? Amen. Everybody get your phone out and put an LED on. I'm just kidding. Thank you all so much, musicians, worship, man. It's great. 
awesome job. Y'all give them praise. Turn your Bibles to 1 Kings. Thank you. Is this streamed? Okay. So there's a lot of devils in here. <laughs> mm. Worship with wonders. If you're in the room, would you just stand up and let me honor you guys? My wife and I love y'all. Thank you so much. All right. Awesome. Pastor Delana, stand to your feet. Let them see how fine. Ah, ah, no, I've been changed. Anyways, um, I love my wife. She's the joy of my life. And then I've got two wonderful kids and a son-in-law. Um, I don't call them kids. They're still my kids. But Lincoln, Brooklyn, and Kendall, stand up on your feet. Awesome people of God. And um, Pastor Rob Hines from Pensacola, Florida. Him and Gina are like diehard friends. And uh, they drove all the way up through Pensacola. I don't even know how long that was. Four hours to be with us. And I'm so grateful. Let Man, stand up. Let him see you. This guy is a phenomenal, awesome guy. Of course, you know Bishop and Pastor Kendall, Bishop Brown and Pastor Kendall. They are no strangers. We love them. Y'all can stand, but I know they know you. We love them very, very much. And Pastor Pickett, is this you? Any Pickett? Is anybody named Pickett in here? Well, I forgot. He was supposed to come, but I thought that was thought that was you. Amen. But any other pastors that are here, I'm so grateful that you came. And if I've forgotten anybody, I apologize. But uh, regardless of what title you are, you are God's people in the house. So look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you showed up. And you got to sit by me. Amen. Now just look at them and show them. Just, just smile at them and show them your pearly yellows and tell them I'm, I love God's people. I'm just warming up. I promise you. I'm, I promise you I got something from God. 1 Kings 17, the Lord said to speak this over your house, over this region. Some of this is going to be things that we're dealing with, but <clears throat> this is not a very unusual passage of Scripture, but I want you to see it <clears throat> because I believe this is what's about to happen. First Kings 16, if you're there, shout amen. First Kings 17, that's exactly what I said. Did you all have a good time last night with uh, Pastor Kim? Real talk. She's got so many one-liners, I can't keep up with them. But they're good. I know one. You can't lose with the stuff I use. Tweet that. Y'all ready to get the word? It's my, uh, it's what I like to do. This is the last time I'll ask you to stand. 
but since we're reading the word, let's give honor to it. <clears throat> I've got three passages of scripture. They're not small. They're not big. But to help paint the story, I need you to see it. 17 and verse 1, and Elijah, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word, at my word. First Kings 18, flip over your, to your Bible, First Kings 18, and it says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain. On the earth. I want you to notice, and I'm not going to preach on this, but in 17.1, Elijah says it without God telling him, and the rain shuts up. In 18, God speaks and says, I want to send the rain on the earth. 1 Kings 18 and 41, then Elijah says to Ahab, go up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees and said to the servant, Go up now. Look towards the sea. So he went up and he looked and he said, There's nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up and tell Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. Tonight I want to preach for the next however long what God is going to do in this house, what God is going to do in Birmingham in this region and all over the nation. The title of my message tonight is Heavy Rain. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for heavy rain. I thank you that this will be something that will sit in the hearts of every believer that is right now in a place wanting to know the prophetic direction of what you're doing in America and in the nations. God, I ask that this would be a place where people's ears are full of faith and not fear. In the name of Jesus and everybody in the building, shout amen and give God one more great shout of praise. Everybody shout heavy rain. Now, this is not a typical rain that's about to come to the church. This is a heavy rain. These passages of Scripture, I want to pull as a, not out of context, but as a backdrop of what God is doing and has done for the last nine months and what he's doing for the next five years. God is sending five storms, but we call them storms, weathermen call them pressure systems. They're systems where the pressure changes. 
So when something is disturbed, weather forms because of a pressure change. This is not the kind of rain that is just a small little uh, sprinkle or a nice little refreshing rain. This is a season-shifting rain. This is the kind of rain that you can smell it before you see it. Matter of fact, in Ahab, he literally says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He didn't see it, but he heard it. And I hear in my ears prophetically. Can I be prophetic for a little bit tonight? I hear in my ears prophetically that we, as the body of Christ, are about to experience an abundance of rain. The rain we're talking about is not natural rain, but a spiritual rain. It's a wind that is shifting. If you don't set your sails correct, you're not going to catch the wind that's going to take you to the next season. For the last nine months, the sails have been dropped, and we've been on the boat sitting still. But can I tell you, when God's ready to blow the wind... You better get your sails back up and catch whatever wind he's blowing. The Bible uh, talks about that when, when Paul was on the ship, that they, the wind was so boisterous. Do you remember that scripture where the wind was so boisterous, they, they took down the sails because it was so radical and they let the wind drive the ship. I almost want to tell you what I see in the Spirit that these next five years, you're not going to be able to control the wind of God anymore. When the wind blows, you're just going to have to say, God, I release you to steer wherever you want me to go. It's hard when God is a lamp unto your feet. It's easy when God is a light unto your path. A light means a light is flipped on and I can see what 2021 is going to look like. But what about when God says, I'm not going to show you 2021. I just want you not, I want you to trust me when you cannot trace me. When you cannot figure me out, I want you to follow me out. Do you know that there are seasons in life that you've got to hold the lamp and let God take you one step at a time? Most pastors are frustrated because we have a year-at-a-glance ministry. We want to know what December looks like when we start January. But God said, I have interrupted the people of God because I want my will done. I've learned this about God. I'm tired of making plans and him changing direction. God doesn't want a planned church. He wants a prepared church. A very big difference because a planned church shows up and knows that we've got one hour and 15 minutes to knock it all out. We're going to make sure that your children are checked in. We're going to make sure that the song list is two songs, 12 minutes long. That's it. And after, I don't care where the spirit of God is moving. I don't care if you're shouting or dancing. Shut the thing down because we got to get to the offering. When if you really look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, the offering was at the beginning of the service, not in the middle of the service. And then we got to give announcements. Now, I know I know this is probably what you do. It's what we do. But, but God is changing some direction. 
changing some wind. The reason we've been doing announcements in the middle and the offering in the middle is because we can't get people to show up at the beginning. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. It doesn't say enter into and wait. It says bring it. You don't come in and watch the music. You come in bringing the music. You don't come in watching the, what would happen if the church got so on fire that the preacher couldn't preach a message and you didn't get out until midnight on the same day because the Spirit of God wants to move that way. But we have boxed God in, and if you look in the Old Testament, he said, I was in an Ark of the Covenant for the Old Testament. You put me in a box for the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, there's no box. There's no box in the New Testament because God never wanted to be in a box. He wanted to be inside of you. You're not coming to watch God. You're bringing God in with you. And Elijah was frustrated because Ahab was tempting God and 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 pretty much spitting on God and and Abraham had tried to create systems and formulas just like in America we have learned I'm, I'm sorry if I scream too loud but I'm so passionate right now about what God is doing and if we're not careful when the COVID thing goes and the election thing goes and the racism thing goes and church comes back and people start coming back saying, oh, I'm so happy I'm in the house of the Lord. If we're not careful, we'll go right back into the rut that we came out of that God gave us nine months to come out of. The reason you are out for nine months is because God was trying to work some stuff out of you, not the church not the staff, not your preacher, trying to work stuff out of you. And I hear, I hear a heavy rain coming. It's coming. Look at your neighbor and say, it's coming. But it's not, it's not like a new thing. I hear people saying, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a new normal. There is no new normal. Now, I'm not talking about a chip. I'm not talking about who gets elected. Because I'm going to be honest with you. We win both ways. If your candidate don't make it, you're still going to win. The stuff we're dealing with in America, because we are a democratic society, democracy, sorry, a democracy, it's not because of the people in office. It's because of us who put the people in office. Mm. The way I look at this thing is we're frustrated in governments. We're frustrated in school systems. For their teaching certain things. We're frustrated in government and we start blaming government and we start blaming school systems. But if you really look at it, God gave America the ability to have freedom and democracy. That if we want to change the highest seat in the land, it starts with the lowest seat in the land. We the people. Now, I didn't come here to preach politically, but it's not as Congress goes, so does Calvary goes. It's as the pulpits in America go, so does the nation. 
if a nation will turn, if God, if my people rather, will turn from their wicked ways, if my people called by my name will humble themselves, are you God's people? He says, if my people called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their ways, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Who's wicked? God's people. It's not the world. It's God's people. He says, if my people will turn from their wicked ways. We're trying to look at culture and say culture's leading us. No. The kingdom is supposed to lead the culture. But if we're not in our rightful place because we need out in an hour and 15 minutes and we want to make sure we make fried chicken at Popeye's before the Baptists get there and we've learned how to have systematic religion, all of a sudden now, God, we can act like we got the Holy Ghost. We can shout like we got the Holy Ghost, but we don't have the Holy Ghost that I read about in Acts 2 because in Acts 2, they would stay till midnight getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, It's all right. But there's not a new way. Let me tell you what's coming. It's not the new thing. It's the original thing. The original. The original is coming. Oh, hallelujah. I haven't got to my intro yet. Hallelujah. Don't get nervous. Let me tell you, I'm just setting up for one of the greatest preachers you've ever heard in your life. Bishop Clem Brown, I love his ministry. My God, his word is powerful. So I'm just going to, I'm just kind of warming the room up. Original. I don't like Taco Bell. It'll do in a moment. I was like, damn, I like this chalupa. And I went to a real Mexican restaurant and said, no, that ain't no chalupa. That's not even what a chalupa looks like. This is a chalupa. I said, I like your chalupa. I like hot tamales. I grew up loving, my dad loves hot tamales. I love hot tamales. Gloria a Dios. Something in me has got to be Hispanic. My wife looks Hispanic. I just love it. I love the food. I love the culture. But I love it authentic, not Imitated. I want original. I like, I'll do Taco Bell only if Los Palmas is not open. Los Palmas has the, the, the right seasoning in the, the chip dip. It, it has the right queso. It, it has all the right ingredients. You, you walk into Los Palmas. Oh, I'm going to preach this just for a minute. I, I feel the Mexican Holy Spirit. Right. You walk into Los Palmas, and when you walk out, and go home, you don't have to tell anybody where you've been. You walk in the room and they say, we know where you've been because you smell like it. You know what I'm looking for? I'm not looking for a church that goes through the drive-thru. I'm looking for a church that when you walk out of the building, you smell like you've been with Jesus. If you smell like Jesus, get on your feet and shout. I smell like Jesus. Oh, what does Jesus smell like? 
He smells wonderful. He smells like glory. He smells like anointing oil. He smells like deliverance and freedom. When you look at me and see me, I'm telling you, you're looking at the wrong person. But when you look at me and see joy, you're seeing Jesus on me. Shout, I got some Jesus. So God is raising up the original. Original. Consistently. God is raising up the consistent. Let me say the word. Faithful. When you get to heaven, he doesn't get the book out and say, well, you missed an October 12th on a Thursday night. You were here on this day, but two Sundays later, you weren't there. Uh, you, 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 uh, you had a wonderful, oh, yes, I see here. You sang. You had a great gift. Well done. No, he, he looks for two things. Well done, thy good. And consistent. If the wind is blowing, I'm consistent. If it ain't blowing, I'm consistent. If COVID shows up for nine months, I'm consistent. If somebody offends me at my church, I'm consistent. If I didn't get the seat that I normally sit in, I'm consistent. If the pastor didn't shake my hand and prophesy for 15 minutes like he did the person beside me, I'm not upset. I'm consistent. For I look to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. You do know your pastor's not the author and finisher of your faith. He's your equipper and edifier. He's a resource, not the source. God is your source. And if you want to know how to get through and have breakthrough, you look to God from which cometh your help. It comes from the hills. He is your God. That's why you don't tithe and turn around and ask for somebody to pay your bills. Because the church is not your source. God is your source. Consistent. You know why I like my grandma's cornbread? Black cast iron skillet. Passed down from generation to generation. Don't you dare put soap in it. Just wipe it clean and pour a little oil and store it away. Because when you want to use it again, it's got to have what great-grandma cooked with. Because great-grandma had it and grandma has it. And she passes it down to you. And now you got it. And you got the same recipe. And you don't use the cheap milk, sweet milk. You use the buttermilk. You use a cracking oil. You put some oil in it. That thing raises up. You flip it over. And the crunch is wonderful and it tastes just like grandma and great grandma there's something wrong when we got to get rid of great grandma's church oh we got to be so just put together because of the younger generation whatever happened to having a church that had multi-generational anointing in it I'm looking for a church that don't have to have everybody the same age don't have to have everybody the same color the same gender. I'm looking for a church that don't have to have everybody has it all together. I want a church full of prostitutes and ex-prostitutes, ex ex-drug addicts. 
been through something because when I want to go fight the devil, I got to know you've got some scars on you that you know how to. There's a wind. There's a rain. God is looking for a person, for a church that's not persuaded by politics, racism, pestilence, division. And I believe with all my heart there's a great awakening happening right now. We are on the verge of one of the most powerful moves of God that our generations have ever seen. Do you hear me? If you, if you feel something in your gut, but you don't know what to do with it, but you know it's real and you know God is about to do something incredible, would you just wave at me right now so I know I'm in the right room? But, but the great awakening, this is what the Lord spoke to me, so I'm going to read this. The great awakening will not come to a sleepy church, a stagnant church, a prayerless church, a confused church, a convenient church, a faithless church, a drunken church, a political church, a divided church, a foolish church, an unprepared church, an unrepentant church, a loveless church, an unholy church, or a lukewarm church. He won't come to that. The great awakening is going to come to an awakened church, an alive church, a praying church. A praying church, a praying church, a praying church, a praying church. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the 12 intercessors that meet for you on Tuesday night. I'm talking about you. When the prayer service gets greater than the Sunday service, you're going to see the great awakening. Until then, just kind of hang tight. But when you start wanting God and you want prayer more than you want to be tickled, God is going to raise up a great awakening in you and in your generation. If you want to see a church rise up in power, it will happen with you personally first. He will pull everything out of you that's not of you. He will separate everything out of you that's not of you. And he will put inside of you everything of God in him, in him, from him, into you. If you want that, you ought to shout amen right now. God says he puts the fullness of God inside of us. He don't put the halfness of God in us. He put the fullness of God inside of us. Everything that God is, he said, I want to be in my people. I want to be with my people. But he's looking for a church that will pray. He's looking for a church that will have relationship. Nudge your neighbor really hard with your elbow and say, don't fall asleep in this service. That's for the three people. And I won't call out Amen. He's looking for a focused and called out and faithful, a sober, a united, a wise, a prepared, a repentant, a loving, a holy. He's looking for a hot church. He's looking for a hot church. When they touch this church, when they drive up onto the parking lot, their wheels should start melting. When they get out of the car... Oh, I'm looking for that anointing. Everybody talks about the shadow of Peter. I want the shadow of the steeple. That the steeple or the roof line and the sun hits them, that when they walk in the shadow of your church, they feel fire hitting them. They start thinking about all the stuff that they've done wrong, and before the doors are open, they're at the altar. You do know in the Old Testament the altar was the first thing, not the last thing. 
because everybody had to get through the altar in order to have the gates where they could praise God and thank God and sacrifice. And No, you had to have the altar first. We've got to the place where we want a preacher to entice us, to get us to where we start seeing our sin. But the way God had it set up in the Old Testament is that you are so full of God in a church that when they get up on a parking lot and they've been doing some stuff they shouldn't be doing, you don't have to call it out. The Holy Spirit calls it out for them. And when they walk in here, they're saying, I don't know what is in this place, but I've got to get right with God. I'm telling you, God is shaking the nation. He's shaking the church. That's why the lights don't need to work. That's why the sound system doesn't need to work. What needs to work is the Holy Ghost. Don't throw away the Holy Ghost. Just going to get a little drink of water here. Can I have 15 more minutes? Raise your hand if I can have 15 more minutes. So your pastor does the same. Let me change it. I'm going to ask for 30. He'll give me 30 minutes. Listen to me. Ain't nothing outside of those doors any better than what's inside of this book. This stuff is good. You know why I'm excited? I'm excited because I read this thing. I'm in love with his word. That's why I'm excited. The reason why some of us say, I just wish I could get excited. And you want the, you want the singers to get you excited. They're going to get you entertained for a minute, and you're good. I'm really rocking. I'm, I'm knocking on y'all. I'm sorry. They're awesome, especially the one in the middle. You're the youth pastor? You're the youth pastor, aren't you? Are you a youth pastor? You're the youth pastor. The Lord spoke to me and said he's the youth pastor. Stand up. Come here. Where's your wife? Serving. Don't get her. She'll get her blessing. You ready to go to another level? Lift your hands. God's going to put you in places you didn't dream you'd ever go. This is your this is your foundation. You lock arms with your foundation. Don't move your foundation. Because where God's going to put you is in front of atheists. And God says, there's going to be such a fire in you that you're not going to have to quote scriptures and debate. You're just literally going to say, I'm going to pray. And out of your prayer and out of your worship, atheists, atheists are going to come to Christ. They're going to come outside, outside of these walls. And I see youth. I see gatherings of youth. God says, for the last nine months, I have placed youth under house arrest. Youth that you do not know of. But God says, I'm going to revive, and I'm going to resurrect, and I'm going to give you some wild ones. I'm going to give you some wild ones. You want some wild ones? They're here. God says, I'm giving you wild ones so that you can train them. They can stay wild, but they've got to have the word. So it's going to be wild 
full of the word, Holy Ghost people. And this area, and whatever school I'm seeing, God says, I'm going to send you to it. I'm going to open up a door. And God says, it's going to be a door, and you're going to know God only could open that door. Somebody play football? You play football? You played football. You have head injuries. That explains it. So you've had too many concussions. So you play football, or you played football. How many children do you have? Yeah. That's right. Okay, lift your hands. The first of many. No more complications. Has there been complications? She's getting her blessing. You know why? She's serving in the nursery. While everybody else is getting blessed, she's making sure those little babies that she's she's sowing. She ain't serving. She's sowing. She is she's praying right now over those children. Quiver anointing. Happy is a man whose quiver is full. God says, I'm going to bless you, young man. Financially bless you. It's going to come from places you didn't realize it could come from. You're going to say, God, I give him, commit my. When you commit your whole life to ministry such as you have, the stuff that you think that is sustaining you right now is nothing to be compared to what God is going to bring you in the next season. God's about to bless you. Keep sowing. Keep giving. God says he already knows the keys to the kingdom. So I speak right now the keys of the kingdom to open up a window of heaven. And I speak an overflow of anointing financially because you're going to need it with all them kids running around. Somebody give God a shout of praise for him right now. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Hmm. That's the Holy Ghost. I love the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, can we give God some praise right now? Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to go quick. Five storms. Five pressure systems. Number one, purge. The first pressure system you've just come out of, it's a purge. Purge means to rid and to cleanse. COVID was not a plague. It was a purge. The Lord said it spiritually removed dead weight. It cleansed what stayed. And if, you've here, if you're here, you've been through some things, and you know COVID is real. It's not, a, it's not a fake thing. It's a real thing. But it's not just a sickness. It's a purge. And be careful to think that you think the devil is in charge. The devil is not in charge. God is in complete control, period. Well, look what the devil's doing all over the world. No. That's because the people of God are out of place. When the people of God get in place, the world will wake up. But God says no weapon formed against you can prosper. How many are thankful for that? 
back up two scriptures, and it says God created the blacksmith who created the weapon so that he could say no weapon formed against you can prosper. So who created the weapon formed against you to prosper? God. God created the blacksmith who created the weapon so that no weapon formed against you can prosper because everything that evil tries to do in your life, God literally turns it to good for those that are called according to his purpose. No weapon formed against you can prosper, but you have to realize that it's not the devil in control. God is in complete control, and he's turned over dominion to us to do what we need to do on the earth. The reason why the purge, uh, COVID has caused the purge is because God was getting rid of the people that didn't have dominion. Look at your neighbor and say, you're here. That's a tough pill to swallow. Because if you do statistically, can I just talk for a minute? All right, for four of you, I'll talk to the rest of you too. 33% of church have left the church since January. One and three are gone. Oh, no, 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 Pastor, they're streaming. No, they're not streaming. They're gone. They have left the faith. There are massive churches that were having three and four services, filling 5,000 so seats, and they're not having church. They're just streaming. And can I tell you, I think the number's off. I think the number's off. I don't think we've lost 33%. I think we've lost a whole lot more than 33%. Because I know, and pardon me, maybe not your church, so you can apologize for me later on Sunday. But people that are streaming are distracted. You can't say I'm going to stream for nine months and stay connected. When Jesus or when God said, who streams make glad the city of our God. We, we preachers can say everything. We'll turn every word into a preaching moment. Who streams make glad the city of our God. No, it's not making glad the city of our God. It's dividing the city of our God. Paul said this. Can I prophetically speak to you? If you got prophetic ears, shout yes, Lord. He said, forsake not the assembling, gathering of yourselves together as, even the more, as you see the day approaching. So I believe, I'm thankful for streaming. We stream. It's wonderful. There's hundreds of people that stream us. Grateful. But can I tell you, you can be on a stream and be frying eggs in the morning. You can be on a stream walking your dog. You can be on a stream talking to your boyfriend or your girlfriend because you're not locked in to the word of God. And people have had their faith shaken, and I really wonder if they had faith at all. Because when the rain and the wind blows and the heavy rain comes, the Bible says there's two houses that it hits. And it's not the chandeliers that determine whether they stand or not. It's not the wallpaper and how pretty the couch is. If you got the cloud couch or if you've got whatever you have, it does not matter what you've got. The furnishings make no difference. There's only one thing that makes the difference. The foundation. When the storm comes, and it doesn't say if the storm comes. It says when the storm comes. Your gift will not keep your house from falling. Your preaching will not keep the house from falling. 
your church attendance will not keep the house from falling. Your foundation. The Bible says those who hear the word are like a house built on sand. But those who hear and what I'm seeing now is a group of people. God never worked and has ever never worked with the majority. The Bible is not written for the majority. The Bible is written for a remnant. And when the remnant gets too big, he starts sorting through wheat and tear. And can I tell you, the wheat and tear are separated during a season called harvest. So when you see people not coming back and you see a church thinning out, Pastor, it's not because you're losing, it's because harvest is here. Harvest looks different to God than it does to church folk. Harvest looks different to God because when the wind blows, the Bible says that he says, let the wheat and the tare grow together. He says, because if you don't, when you rip up the tare, you'll rip up the wheat as well because their foundation is still not stable. Wait for their full maturity. My God, I want to preach this. Because it looks like the wheat and the tare look very similar until harvest time. When harvest time shows up, the wheat and the tare begin to look different. They are both mature, but one doesn't have a, have, have wheat on it. It only has a stalk. And here's how you represent, or here's how you recognize what is a tear and what is a wheat. When the wind starts to blow. When the wind starts to blow. Are you ready for this? When the wind starts to blow, because the wheat has a full head on it, the wind causes the wheat to bow. But the tares have no wheat on them. They have no fruit on them. So when the wind blows, they stand straight and erect. How are you going to move me? And God says, when the wind shows up, you'll know exactly who the tares are because they will reveal themselves. And they reveal themselves when the wind starts blowing. So when the wind starts blowing, we shout, thank you, Holy Ghost. But what happens right after is all of a sudden you're looking around and say, Sister Susie ain't here anymore. Brother Joe ain't here anymore. Because Brother Joe and Sister Susie didn't have any any fruit so when the wind blew they weren't doing anything for the kingdom anyways God looks at harvest different than we preachers look at harvest we want a full house God wants full unity God is purging the church. He's cleansing the church. Why do you think that there was 500 that showed up when they wanted to see God, what Jesus said he was going to do? He said, wait in the upper room. Just hang out for a minute. 500 crammed up into that room. I've been in that room that they say it fell. And 500 people would be a lot of people. And for 10 days, they, they labored waiting on God to show up. And he wasn't showing up on their time. And so they started dwindling out just a little bit here and a little little bit there, you know, because, you know, because Popeye's chicken was going to close by 10 p.m. And Whataburger, 
I don't even know if they're closed or not, but, you know, they, I'm hungry for a Whataburger. And so they, they get out, and, and they, they got to they gotta get out because they ain't there in the, in the, in the, they're not there with the right mind anyways. They're not really invested. So 500 went to 120. That means 380 people left. Now, I want you to look around because there's not a full house here tonight. But God is not looking for a full house. He's looking for a remnant. He's looking for people that will stay when everybody else says it's time to go. When everybody else is looking at their clock, God is looking for somebody that says, I'm looking to you. 380 people left. That's 76% gone. You think it's hard at 33%? What if it's 76%? Can you imagine? There was no music there. It was just 120 of them. Kind of awkward. It would be for us because we're not conditioned. We're not conditioned. We have conditioned you to watch church. They didn't watch church. They were the church. They were the church. They didn't need all the bells and whistles. You got to pray better than you can play. Got to pray better than you can sing. Pray better than you can preach. He didn't say, I'm going to call my house a house of preaching. He said, I call my house a house of. Oh, God, give us people that know how to pray. Jesus ain't up on the right hand of the Father singing a song for you. He ain't preaching a message for you. The Bible says he's interceding on behalf of you. He's standing right in the middle talking to God about you. And it ain't the bad stuff. He's saying they will make it. My blood is on them. I have faith in them. And he's interceding for you. That's the kind of God you have. He's a praying God. In the middle of the night, fourth watch, he's up on the mountain while they're in in the middle of a storm. He's up on the mountain. He's praying. He has such a prayer life he could walk on water. I want that prayer life. I want the kind of prayer life that only God and I know about. My private prayer precedes public demonstration. I'm after God. And I want to know, are anybody in here after God like I'm after God? 33% left the church. But that's okay because Egypt, millions came out, but only two went in. Joshua and Caleb. Gideon, 10,000 showed up, only 300 fought. David had a ragtag of men. That's what I feel here tonight. It's not that they're ragtag, not that you look bad. Misfits. Why? Because God. We've been so busy counting sheep. And God is counting soldiers. We can't brag anymore. How many people do you have in your church? Well, I can seat 758. We get really creative, y'all. <clears throat> I don't want to hear it anymore. No 
I think, honestly, I think, I think I'm going to just, just say why. Why does it matter? The Bible doesn't say if 700 show up. It says if two of you agree in my name. How many want to know what the second season storm is? I've got gray monitors. Y'all can turn it down just a little bit. Second one is after the purge is an emerge. I'm going to stick with my notes because of time. It's going to be an emergent divergent. The next pressure system you're going to see fall upon the nation is an emergent divergent. A divergent are people that look different. If you've ever watched the movie Divergent, they looked the same, but they discerned they did not fit in. Nobody could figure it out except that they had certain tests given to them. And the test determined whether you were a divergent or not. A divergent means you don't fit the form. We don't preach a form of godliness, but we preach from godliness. We're misfits. Anybody feel like a misfit? We walk in a different spirit. We don't take cues from the culture. We are formed on the backside of the desert because we are on the forefront of God's army. We cannot be controlled because we're completely surrendered by God. We are voices that were developed like John the Baptist in the womb. The afflictions that we go through only elevate us. We're not moved by what other people are moved by. I'm not moved by a crowd. I'm moved by the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God shows up, I want to be in the room. I don't care if you can preach a lick or sing a note. If you can sing off, and I've seen people do it. They sing and sound horrible, horrendous, but the Holy Ghost fell anyways. Because God is not looking for your gift. He's looking for your obedience. He's looking for your faithfulness. He's looking for you to look at him and say, God, you're my source and you're my strength. He's looking for a divergent, and that's what God is doing. And this next season, after the purge, also all of a sudden now you're going to see an emerging of people. God is backing these people. Elijah was fed up with Ahab provoking God. And at Elijah's word, not God's, Elijah's word, the heavens shut up. We need people of faith that are sick and tired. We need people of God that are sick and tired of consumer Christianity. Attractional ministry. Cultural sensitivity. We need people of God that will get in the face of the people of God. And say this is the way you need to walk in it. That to put some stuff. You you can't act like the world and come to church. You can't put one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You're not going to come in here acting holy and acting like a demon on Monday through Saturday. If you're going to live right, do it. Let's do it Monday through Saturday. Last time I found out that my anointing increases through my purity and my walk with him. There's a reason why God says I need my people pure. I need them coming to me because when I come back, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. You get a spot when you're hanging around dirty stuff and you get wrinkles when you're sitting down too long. God says I'm looking for a militant church that knows how to get with me, that knows how to separate from the culture and become a kingdom people. I'm looking for an emergent divergent. They ain't going to act like you. They ain't going to sound like you. They're going to feel like John the Baptist come up out of the wilderness 
wilderness. You're going to say, I don't know who that person was, but I feel the Spirit of God on them. There are young men and young women that God is calling out. You may not have known. They may be new to you, but they aren't new to God. They've been on the backside of the desert like a David singing songs to him when everybody else discounted them and threw them out because they didn't look like a king. God says, I've chosen them. I'm going to use them. They have a different spirit. And God is using an emergent divergent because they're not going to preach to you seven steps to success. They're not going to preach to you to have a 30-day sex challenge with your spouse. Gone are the days with those kinds of things that are trying to get you to church to preach to you to get your soul right. No, they're not going to preach to you their soul, your your soul. They're going to preach to you into your spirit. They're going to speak to your spirit instead of trying to figure out your soul. The word of God will renew your soul. So if I preach the word of God, I don't have to tell you how to have sex with your spouse or how to have a Victoria's Secret party in the back room so that you can reignite your marriage. I don't have to preach to you seven steps to success because the Bible says in Joshua 1.8 if I meditate on the word I will have good success God's success looks different than world success but I'd rather have God's success than any worldly success I want God more than I want my next breath we are done is this okay We are done with adapting and putting on aftermarket parts to spruce up the look to give me a certain feel. God is looking for an emergent divergent. Number three, number one, a purge. Number two, you're going to what? Emerge. Number three, you're going to merge. Merge is unity. Unity does not come from revival. Revival comes from unity you don't have revival and then unity shows up you have unity and then revival shows up so if i if i was the devil i wouldn't fight you with certain things i would only fight you with the division whatever's going to divide the people because the bible says if one of us get together with another of us and two of us come together and we agree we can start doing some damage he says if one puts a thousand two can put That doesn't mean that I bring my thousand, you bring your thousand. Your thousand makes mine five times greater. One plus one, one thousand plus one thousand should be two thousand. But when we come together, we exponentially multiply each other and make each other five times stronger. So if I were the devil, I would throw everything at you to divide you. I would try to make you full of racism. I would divide you politically. I would divide you racially. I would divide you denominationally. There are 52,000 denominations in America alone. Do you know why Muslims get stuff done? Because you're a Muslim. You're not a Baptist Muslim, a Pentecostal Muslim, a Presbyterian Muslim. No, you're just a Muslim. We need people that doesn't matter what door you're from, what the name says. No, I'm a believer in Christ. I'm just crazy. I'm just crazy. I'm crazy enough to believe. I sat with one of the greatest renowned men. You, I won't say his name. But if I said his name, everybody in here would know him. I'm going to make you think about that. He said, can I have an interview with you and your wife? I said, absolutely. I'd love to. This is going to be great. They're going to air this thing. It's going to give us permission. That's how we think, right? Good publicity. Sat down. 
He said, do you believe that we will see unity amongst the races? I said, absolutely. He said, nope. Not going to see it. Never going to see that. And I thought to myself, this is a man of God that refuses to believe for an impossible thing to become possible. That show never got aired because I was answering the questions wrong. According to him. The Bible says in Matthew 24, in the last days, ethnos against ethnos, kingdoms against kingdoms, nations against nations. The world will never get it. But the church will. If I were the devil, I'd keep you to make you an all-black church, an all-white church, an all-democratic church, an all-republican church, an all-presbyterian church. I'd keep you all divided. 326 million people are called Christians in America. 326. That's a majority. If we could just agree. We can't agree on injustice. We can't agree on abortion. We can't agree on anything. We can't agree what color the wall should be. Some of us leave church because of the color of the carpet. I have people that say, why do you paint your church all black? Because I like it. And it looks infinite on television. And it looks cool. That's why I like it. But it looks like a club. No, you think it looks like a club. I think it looks awesome. Well, you don't look like the other churches. Go to the other church. As for me and my house. The walls are black. How come you preach so long? Because I like the word. There's a million churches out there. Go to the one that takes an hour and ten minutes. Go home. Be completely bound. Don't ever get free. Don't get ever demons cast out of you. But that's all right. Just, just do your thing. I just believe God is merging. But his merging is a remnant. It's not everybody. It's not ecumenicism. It's a remnant coming together. I love unity. And if you want revival, how many love revival? How many love revival? How many would like to see this place just erupt in revival and God break it out? How many would like to see? Now I'm getting ready. I'm just, I'm just setting you up. You do know that. How many want to see um, people walk in that are transgenders? Let's get you ready. Let's get you ready. Pastor Delana, could I have your purse, please? Are you really ready? Are you sure you're ready? Are you really positive that you're ready? 
because you got to be just as comfortable around this as you are your brother and sister. You're going to tweet this. I know it. You better explain it if you're going to tweet it. <laughs> Bishop, man. <I'm> gonna... <clears throat> um, God kicked every crutch out from underneath my wife and I. We were blowing and going. He said, you got 60 days to get out of the building. Landlord showed up and says, you're too loud. Pay the bills, fine. You're too loud, get out. Well, I can't turn the music down, so I guess we're gone. If you've been to our church, you know we like it loud. God, where are you going? What do I do? Just follow me. Okay. Where are we going? You know where we ended up? We didn't end up having the building of our dreams. God says, I'm going to put you over here in another man's facility on a Sunday night only, not his main chapel, but his wedding chapel, his, his side bay. Building shrunk half the size. Church shrunk half the size. Staff shrunk half the size. Finances shrunk half the size. Walk out on a Mother's Day and 35 people looking at you when you're used to 600. God, I asked for revival. I'm giving it to you. But God, this isn't what I thought revival looked like. Hang on a minute. I'm in another man's facility. Going 10 years strong, Pastor Delana and I pouring ourselves out. Oh, we go home. You know, pastors do have days. Just give me something to throw. My wife was scared to death of me one day. She's like, she started praying in the Holy Ghost. I said, it's just testosterone. It'll wear off in a minute. Shot got too much. Some of y'all get that. But I... I was mm, confined. Got to be in, got to be out. Pay twice as much. Make half as much. Frustrated. Nobody wanted to be faithful. People walking up and after major moves of God, handing in their resignation, saying, I don't think you're going to make it, and I don't have anywhere else to go. Oh, God. But I didn't come to Atlanta because there was something for us. There was nothing there when I got there. No church, no people, no nothing. No core. Man, I wouldn't recommend this, but there was nothing. We just said, God sent. Then I found out something. Everybody that was in the room that was left Wanted to be in the room. Got something now. Nothing spoiled in the room. Nobody's watching the clock. 
Some of y'all already checked it three times. Nobody wanted to watch the clock. Because people that want to be at church don't watch the clock. He said, I'm giving you Sunday nights only. Found out that nobody wanted to be a Sunday night. Try doing a Sunday night on a Super Bowl. Nobody wanted Sunday nights. But a radical remnant began to merge together and begin to pray. And all of a sudden, people that were men dressed like women started showing up, sitting on the second row, and we ain't changed a beat. And they're white-knuckling in front, and the boyfriend, whatever he that is, and he, he's an atheist, and the other one, and I, I love telling the story. I won't never stop telling the story. The atheist is sitting there looking like, dear God, what in the world? I mean, we had it blowing and going. If you've ever been to Worship of Wonders, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and it was... They got in the car, and the, the young man that was, had a full face of makeup, he, he sit there, and then the atheist was in the passenger seat. He looked over, and the atheist looked at him, tears streaming down his face, and he said, what was that? And the one holding the steering wheel had been in church seven years prior to that, but had lived a lifestyle of homosexuality. And he sat there with conviction all in him because he knew better in the lifestyle that he was. He writes the next day and he says, I'm coming back and I want delivered. He is still delivered today. I started realizing that the power of the Holy Ghost that we read about in Acts is available today. But you got to get out of the patterns. The patterns don't work. The box doesn't work. And once you step out of the box, people leave that want the box. But the people that stay don't want the box. They want the Holy Ghost immeasurable, overflowing, yoke-breaking, bondage-destroying, demon-slaying, blinded eyes open, transgenders healed, homosexuality freed. They want to see that happen. How do I get that? How do we get revival like that? You get revival like that because you love unity as much as you love revival. When you love unity, revival shows up. You can't offend me. Even if you did, I wouldn't let you. We'll disagree. Who are you voting for? I'm voting for Trump. Who are you voting for? I'm voting for Biden. We can't go to the same church. What? I'm going to say this right. I'm not cussing, but what in hell is wrong with the church? We are separated from one another because we are the very portion that completes each other, that creates a synergy where the movement of the Holy Ghost is immeasurable. The Holy Spirit told us, pray for 15 minutes. For 30 days straight, we prayed for 15 minutes. Every morning, wake up. Our whole church wasn't a big church back then. It was only half the size of what it used to be. And he says, just, just pray. Everybody pray for 15 minutes. I don't know why the Holy Spirit says it, but Pastor Delano and I said, the Holy Spirit said, pray for 15 minutes. Everyone, you walk up, you know, and I read about Smith Wigglesworth. Love Smith Wigglesworth. And he used to wake up and do a praise dance. I tried it once or two times. It's really weird. No music, just. You, know, you start feeling like, you know, somebody in Jerusalem dancing to the, the way David danced, you know, you just like for 15 minutes, I'm like, God, this is weird. How did he do that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Do you know who Smith Wigglesworth is? I'm just trying to do this thing because I'm just in love with Jesus and I just like want, want Jesus, whatever Jesus wants. 
Amen? I ain't trying to move you. I'm trying to move Jesus. And so I'm praying for 15 minutes in the Holy Ghost every morning. You know, about the first five minutes, you're like just saying words. And then after about five minutes, if you'll stay, it's like an overflow that just... It becomes, it, be, it goes from a water faucet to a, to a, to a fire hydrant. It just starts coming out, and you wake up, and you start feeling it. It's not the coffee. It's Holy Ghost. And it starts coming out. And for 15 minutes, after we did that for 30 days, we went to a Christmas pageant, and we did the Christmas thing on December 7th, or was it a Saturday night, and we had a cantata. We were all dressed up in our Christmas best. We're playing the scenes, singing the songs and everything. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there, and a woman, at the end of the service, after we prayed 15 minutes of the Holy Ghost, a woman gets up. Probably right, right where you are right here. Ma'am, stand up if you don't mind. Um, and she was demon-possessed. I'm not prophesying. And she comes up, and my wife, five foot two and a half, and the half is important, she jumps off the stage. Wah! I mean, the girl just starts just to manifest him right there. On a Christmas pageant. You are holy. Had guitar solos and all this stuff. Joy to the world. What a moment. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like watching this. I'm like, wow. Thank you, God. This woman's getting delivered. Yeah, yes, yeah. Pastor, we need you back here. Why? Somebody just dropped dead. Okay. This is turning out to be a great Christmas. Hmm? It was my birthday. I walked through the crowd, massive, half the size crowd, got to this man on the ground, eyes open, tongue out, no joke. They've got the things there. He's going. He's just dead. He's gone. I could see it, but I could not feel it. Normally when you go in a funeral, you feel death. I couldn't feel it. Because when I was walking through, oh, I found something out. Everybody was crazy enough for the last 30 days to pray in the Holy Ghost. Nobody had to tell them what to do. Ah. This is Holy Ghost, y'all. Are you hearing me? You do not have to try to teach what the Holy Spirit knows what to tell people. And I'm walking through, and they're all, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, wow, man, this is the loudest praying in the tongues I've ever heard in my life. And I reach down there, and we put our hands up underneath his head, and we say, Holy Spirit, breathe. Wow. <gasps> right in front of me after they'd shocked him twice, and I looked at it, and it said, no pulse. No pulse. He gets up. He gets on a stretcher. EMT gets there, walk him out. Ty, she calls the next day. She's our EMT. We had two of them on staff. One guy was pushing his chest so down. I thought, man, he's broke his ribs. I mean, he was touching the ground from the top, trying to get this man to breathe. Ty says, Pastor, man, he's living. He's good. I said, wow. She said, yeah. She says the next thing and doesn't even realize what she's saying. Man, he was dead for 15 minutes. I said, how long was she dead? He dead? 
15 minutes. I said, do you realize what the Holy Ghost told us to do for 30 days straight? That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. Have your hour in 10 minutes. I don't want it. Have your doxologies and your benedictions and your religious ceremonial stuff. Have your cute little bishop collar on. I don't want anything to do with religion. Religion bondages people. I want Holy Ghost invasion and fire, and I want what God calls heavy rain. I want to see a people merged. I'm quickly, I'm almost done. The last one, second to last one is submerge. Submerge, I mean, this is what God is doing. This is where God is, is moving, and I'm almost done. I promise you I'm almost done. Can I speak prophetically now? Over the nation, over this church. What is it that, the, that God is wanting for the church to do next? How many would like to know what next is? It's hard to see next right now. First six months were blurry. First, first six months of 2020 were blurry. But ever since six months turned around, I remember talking to you saying, I'm not shutting our doors. Because what God wants to do through the church is so great, I refuse to shut a door because it makes somebody feel good. You're more safe at our church than you are at Publix or Popeye's. Submerge. This next season, I beg of thee that you focus on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This next season is about a submerging of people that are wanting the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, I have it, Pastor. The Bible says you can have it again. You can get filled again. But it's more than that. God is touching a generation that has heard about Jesus but don't know how to operate like Jesus. There's a millennial generation. There's a generation below them. And in my generation, we know about the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we can fake it. We know it's so good. But God says this next season, focus on the Holy Ghost. Focus on the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Focus on getting people baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not just saved. Saved is wonderful. But baptism is an extraordinary power that the Holy Spirit puts on his people. Stand to your feet. Heavy rain. I use this scripture as a context and a backdrop, not as a story to preach to you everything about the story. But a sudden shift happened. There wasn't rain, and then there was rain. Because an emergent, divergent man named Elijah began to speak to something that was not as though it was there. 
because of what he did, he fought and was misunderstood by Ahab and even church folk. Between the rain that was heavy and the prophetic word that it was going to come, there was this massive fight between him and the prophets of Baal. In order for there to be a shift in the heavenlies, you're going to have to tear high places down. The only way you can tear high places down is if you have the boldness to do it. If you have the boldness to do it, it only comes because of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You cannot have the boldness that you need to walk up to demons and tell them to get out of your territory unless you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? I don't want to just be known by Jesus. I want the devils to know. I can take them out with one word. Submerge. And the next one is surge. It's the last one. Surge means a sudden increase. We went from having Sunday nights for two and a half years to God opening up a door, giving us our own facility, 46,000 square feet. You've seen it. Moving of the Holy Ghost. And my wife and I made a promise to one another. We will not change how we do church just because it gets bigger. My oh, dream and desire is not what I see in modern church right now. I look back and I see people that would stay in prayer for three and four days so loud that your ears would crackle. My wife had a family that the women would pray on one wall, men would pray on the other, and the place would shake from people praying. No problem getting people delivered in that atmosphere. None. God, shift us. I come tonight at this Elevation Conference to tell you there's a heavy rain coming for your church. you're going to have to do what Elijah did. Is it coming? No, sir. What about now? Mm -mm. No. Oh, man. We tried. We sang two up, one down. We did the offering like we should have. Oh, God, send the rain. He's not going to send the rain unless the people are willing to pray for it. His word doesn't come to pass unless people on earth agree with it. It's a kingdom principle. If you don't agree with it, you'll die, and the next generation will say, we agree with it, and there will be revival. I refuse. He said, I sought for a man, and I could find not a man that would stand in the gap for my behalf, I found no one. The word man means champion. I've not found a champion that could stand in the middle. And I said, God, not in my generation. I refuse to be the generation that played church, that I retire and hang my hat and say we had some good church. I don't want good church. I want God church. 
I want to see my children rising up knowing what it looks like to see a blind eye swirl in front of them like shambox seam. I want to see deaf ears open and I want to see notable miracles. Not just I had a backache and now it feels better. No, I want to see legs grow out. I want to see limbs grow out and tumors disappear and cancer reports come back and say, I can't re but something changed and we're seeing it. We're seeing it. We're seeing it. Why? Because the glory of God is bringing heavy rain. How many want to see that anointing? We were in service one night. My wife said, we were seven days in, I think, no, four days in, and seven night revival, and we said, we're going to cancel this thing. And she said out of her mouth, on the way to church, she said, tell me how you said it. We were trying to decide if we're going to keep doing it. She said, only if somebody gets out of a wheelchair tonight. <laughs> I said, well, okay. Tuesday nights, kind of like any night, you know, as a pastor, you know, you, you, man, half the people are here, you know. This COVID, not, not even COVID. I'm sitting there preaching. I don't even think about that word. I look over there and there's a man in a wheelchair. I still haven't thought about what she said. I started prophesying to her, his son that was standing behind the wheelchair. Never seen him before in our lives. And I said, God, the Holy Spirit rather said, tell the man in the wheelchair to get up. This is an older man. I said, sir, God wants you to get up out of the wheelchair. I said, if you have the faith to get up out of the wheelchair, I still haven't thought about that word. He gets up out of that wheelchair and he starts walking. I said, has he been able to do this? And the son said, no. He started walking from the back to the front. Did he get his whole healing? No, he didn't get his whole healing. But it wasn't all, that that's between him and God. My my job is to be a man of faith that says, "Hey, step out." He steps out. He walks away. I'm just I'm just excited. We're we're hugging, we're crying. We're like and and, and then that word pops up from Remember you your wife asked if you want to continue to have church. Let somebody get up out of a wheelchair. Nobody had been in our church for weeks in a wheelchair. And all of a sudden, a man, that means. Listen, no, 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 I got to say this. That means that before we asked it, God had already spoken to a man in a wheelchair and said, I need you to go to church tonight. Hmm. I feel an increase coming. The last storm is a surge. It means sudden increase. When you get through all the others, sudden increase shows up. Sudden increase is like whew, hurricanes lifts houses off, off the... It's not a funny thing, but just to get an idea, it'll wreck your house. What I see coming to your church, Pastor, is a series of storms. Can you shout about that? But to get to the surge, you got to go through all the others. But once you get through them, you are a new creation. Nobody can stop you. 
and God backs your words. Already doing it. Lift your hands all across this building. I pray that the presence of the Holy Spirit that I feel on me right now comes on you. Would you close your eyes and lift your hands? God, release the glory of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you know this song. It's an old song. Keep your hands lifted. Put me in one. Lord, I'm available to you. Yeah, you know. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say do. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say my storage is empty and I am available to you if you know it would you sing it with me sing it Lord I'm available to you close your eyes and lift your hands if you don't know it I'll sing it for you my will I give to you I'll do you say do use me Lord to show someone the way and enable me to stay Mm -hmm. my storage is empty and I am Just want to be available to you. Oh, I want to be available. You're not after ability, you're after availability. Yes. I throw my crown on the ground. And I ask for you to use me. I just want to be used by you. Just want to be used by you, Lord. I want to be used by you. want to be used by you. I ask that you would apprehend me. Take me where you are. Show me what you want to show me. I don't want my own mind. I want your mind, Lord. I want your ways. 
I refuse, I refuse to be left out. Whatever it takes right now, whatever I need to do right now, I'm speaking to somebody right now, whatever you need to do, do it quickly. Whatever you need to bring to the altar, bring it quickly. There's an exchange at this altar right now. There's angels ascending and descending at this altar right now.